0: Well, good afternoon and welcome to the show once again, you bet, Employment Law Show, ready to go. John Scholes here, and of course, Dior Sam my co-host and employment lawyer, obviously from to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. As the title says, we talk about employment law, your employment rights. If you don't know a lot about this, this is a show you want to tune in for the next hour every week because you can learn an incredible amount. Having to do with the place where you spend most of our time, don't we? Unfortunately, it'd be good to be on a beach with sangria, but it's not the case, man. you got to work and most of us are there five to seven days a week, hours at a time. So the more you know about your employment rights, the better. Feel free to call into the show now over the course of the next hour. Lines are open here at the station, 416-872-1010. To reach us, 416-872-1010. The email is help, uh, pardon me, answers at employmentlawyer.ca, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Uh, That's what we're going to concentrate on today. We've got so many emails came in between the time of last week's show and now. I know Leo wants to get through a a whole bunch of those. And any other time you want to reach out and get more information about your rights, what you can learn, it's a website. It's called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's free and anonymous, of course. And rolled into that, baked into it is the severance calculator, which I'm sure we will refer to several times on the show today. It does exactly what it's told. It tells you what your severance is in about 30 seconds. The number may shock you, but it is an accurate representation again can be found at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca anytime and again we're open ready to go here 416-872-1010 call us now live and discuss your matter get on air and uh and join us but what do you got uh, what do you got off the hot pal? you know you got a couple things you want to talk about
1: i certainly do Johnny and always Glad and excited to be here to talk about employment law and get the opportunity to help our good listeners. You know, we've been getting lots of calls every time we're on air, and that's exactly how we like it here. we like to have the opportunity to inform you. We feel better by you knowing what your legal rights are. So do it for us, really. Call us on the show right now and ask your question. If you're now heading into the holidays, but you're not sure – If your legal rights have been compromised, if you're not sure if your boss is paying you the way they're supposed to, maybe they're not paying you a bonus, maybe they're taking away the bonus, maybe they're Mm -hmm. threatening your job, maybe something's happening where you're being mistreated. Well, whatever the issue, if it has to do with your job, if it has to do with how you make your living... This is the opportunity you have to ask the question and know, is this right or is it not right? Very easy to do that. Ask that question. And, of course, if you want to connect with me and my team off air so we can roll up our sleeves and get to work helping you, you will get that contact information several times throughout the show so that you can uh, take that step. But right now, we know what we want to do on the show. I'm going to start doing it. Uh, Let's talk about employment law. Let me tell you about a couple of situations that came across my desk this week. First one I'll tell you about. Uh, I spoke with a gentleman. Uh, he had a very uncomfortable conversation with his employer. His employer called him into a meeting and said, "Listen, uh, this comp- our company no longer feels that you're a good fit for the position that you're in. We still don't like you enough, so here's what we're going to give you two options." That position you were doing is gone. We're going to take that away from you. We can take a lower level position with less salary and and less responsibilities. So that's option one. Or if you really don't like that, you don't want to work here, we'll respect that. You can go ahead and resign. So those were the options. Take this lower level, essentially a demotion, right? Or resign. So obviously, this was a shock. He was given uh, about a week or so to kind of decide what he wants to do and let them know. Well, he did the right thing during that week. He called me. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to know, you know, what, what I thought of that and this ultimatum and this this position that he was put in. So here's what I told him. Here's what uh, I think our listeners need to understand: that his employer doesn't have a right to demote him, regardless of what they think about the fit for uh, for the position that he's in. They don't have a right to demote him, and if he doesn't like that demotion, it's not a resignation company doesn't get to decide if he resigns. He's the only one that gets to decide if he resigns. So what happens is if he wants to take that demotion, okay, if he doesn't, that's it, and they do that anyway. That's a constructive dismissal. It's a termination. They've terminated his employment now they have to pay him his full severance. That's how that works. Any time, anytime, I want to make this clear, your employer says you can do one thing or the other thing you can do is resign. It's not legitimate, it's not legal. The company can't tell you to do something or else you've resigned. You're the only one that decides if you've resigned. And in this case, it would not be a resignation, it would be a constructive dismissal. This gentleman's been there for three and a half years. He's probably gonna be looking easily at six months severance. He has no interest in that demotion. So I'll I'll make sure that he gets that severance. But I've seen these scenarios, John, more often than I can count. You know, option one is you do something that we want you to do. Option number two is you resign. Does not work that way. No one can tell you you have to resign. No one can give you that as as the option. You, the employee, are the only one that can make that decision. If that ever comes down the pike for you, if that happens to you, or it has happened to you, call me right away.
0: And again, as uh, Lior mentioned, you can reach out outside the hour of the show any time and uh, have that conversation, right? one 855 821 But here now, yeah, I mentioned 416-872-1010. 416-872-1010 to call us here at the station and discuss your uh, your matter before we slide into some email here. What else you got going on, pal?
1: So I, I usually start off the show by talking about a couple of matters, a couple of cases that came mm-hmm. across my desk. Well, the second thing i'll tell you about there's not one matter that came across my desk this week it's probably 30 of them and and they all had to do with short service employees employees that were hired at some point this year and were let go for some reason uh, i've been seeing a lot of these individuals individuals That have worked for a year or so or or, or less than a year and have been let go and the issue of course becomes what is the severance that they're owed and i can tell you just this past week the 30 or so people that i connected with that were, were working for less than a year virtually all of them were offered a lot less than what they were owed pretty much i think all of them i don't even think there was one exception anywhere they were offered anywhere from one to four weeks Now, you may think, if you haven't listened to our show before, that, wait a second, if someone worked for less than a year, getting one, two, three, or four weeks of severance, that doesn't sound so bad. So what's the problem here? Why why are we even discussing this? Well, no, 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 not even close. Short service employees are actually treated disproportionately better than longer service employees. So the effect of that is that if you've worked for a company for a few months, you could actually be owed a few months severance. Usually that severance starts at two months and it could go easily to six, eight, even 10 months of severance. So yes, your length of severance could be greater than the length of your employment. So John, these 30 or so people that I spoke with this week alone, all of them were owed much more, anywhere from two to five times more than what they've been offered or more than that. So I wanted to bring this up here as a good reminder for everyone uh if you've lost your job number one i don't care if you've worked for five months or 50 years you always have to get legal advice chances are you're owed much more than what you've been offered but certainly if there's a lot of individuals and i know that there are that that have worked for a few months it's easy to think after a few months i'm probably not owed anything or something minimal not true not true yeah. at all so even after a few months of employment you can have significant entitlements entitlements that are counted in in months and measured in months not in days not in weeks so that's why it's so important to call me or you can even do it yourself grab your smartphone go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca Use the severance calculator there. Of course, it's free and anonymous, and you'll see exactly how much you're owed.
0: Yeah, those are the two ways. Right away, we advise you to do that. I mean, you might have a friend who's a real estate lawyer or a criminal. No, 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 <laughs> don't go there. Your buddy, Steve, your neighbor who just got fired, he knows what he's talking about. No, he doesn't. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is where you want to start or, uh, or call you. Or let's get into these emails before we uh, take a short break. Paul, you're up first, pal. Says, hey, leor my company just eliminated their mandatory vaccine policy, but haven't called me back to work. I've been off for eight months. What are my rights?
1: So I've been getting actually a lot of these calls, you know, individuals that have been sitting at home after they were put on a leave because of their vaccine status, hoping that at some point they could just go back to work. And, mm-hmm. well, I, now they're finding, okay, that policy is gone. There's no, no longer mandatory vaccines in the workplace. But here I am still at home. No one's called me back. So let's break this down. First of all, in most cases, the fact that you were put on a leave, the fact that you were put on a leave to begin with, When the company instituted a vaccine policy doesn't mean that that leave was legal you could have potentially treated that leave as a termination of your employment when it first happened. so paul could have said even whatever months eight months however long ago when he was put on a leave no i'm not accepting this now you owe me severance you've terminated my employment by putting me off work uh, on an unpaid leave but he chose not to do that he wanted hopefully i guess to, to go back to work well now when that leave Is no longer relevant because the company doesn't have a vaccine policy they have to call him back to work so he doesn't have to wait now that he's not back to work he can absolutely say okay i've decided i'm done i'm not waiting i'm not hoping i'm not sitting by the phone waiting for that call i am treating this as a termination of employment effective now severance has to be paid to me right away so it's his decision he can continue waiting but i don't know maybe he'll wait another year maybe they'll never call him no. Or he can say enough is enough. I want my severance. I want it now. And it's done. So it's his decision, John.
0: And we'll move on to Daryl here quick. Daryl says, hey, guys, I was just given a termination letter that offers me, okay, 26-week severance after 13 years of the company. The HR manager says a two-week severance per year is standard. Does it make sense to contact you in these circumstances?
1: Well, you know what, John, I'll I'll give this HR manager the benefit of the doubt. Why? Because a lot of people do believe that two weeks per year of service is kind of the right thing, except it's not, not even close. And I've seen big employers get this wrong, small employers get this wrong, you name it, it's wrong. So, no, there's no two weeks per year. And this person, after all these years, again, I don't know exactly his job. I don't know uh, how old he is but he's likely owed north of a year's severance. And it could be much more than a year. It could be 18 months if he's older or has a more senior position. So he's been offered maybe best case scenario half of what he was owed. So chances are that's the same with you at home if you've been let go, regardless of whether you worked there for a short period of time or long period of time. So is it worth calling me? You better believe it. If he's owed double what he was offered, yeah, he needs to give me a call right away.
0: We have warmed up nicely. Now it is time for you to take part of the show. Don't be bashful and give us a call as we uh, continue on with your emails and lots more of those to go. In the meantime, though, we'll give you a chance to dial a phone and join us here live on air. Be that third voice. Now's the time to ask your questions. 416-872-1010, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address we're going to after a short break again. We'll continue Disability Law Show here in the iHeartRadio Talk Network. And welcome back. It is one twenty here, Employment Law Show. Good to have you uh, along for the ride. Your phone lines are open, so we got time to, uh, to talk to you. you got uh, questions about your employment life, some situations at work, something maybe you've always wondered about severance or uh, you know uh, anything along those lines, uh, bring it on. 416-872-1010. Reminder, you catch Ask a Lawyer on CP24 Wednesdays at 9.30 p.m. Leroy and I do that half-hour show on TV as well. Again, very informative. And you can always send along emails. We read a ton of emails emails on that tv show as well answers at employmentlawyer.ca. answers at employment lawyer.ca uh but anyway back to the emails pal let's get to uh to dana dana's next one up says hey leor i've been off on a stress leave for two months but don't want to go back to work because i'm afraid of how i will be treated what do i do now
1: well certainly uh, no one should be ever mistreated in the workplace no one should be a victim of harassment of bullying that's not acceptable and there's no exceptions to that so if ultimately if Dana doesn't want to go back of course she doesn't have to no one requires her to go back she could resign if she wants to but to me If she is going to resign because of mistreatment, she should get compensation. And what I mean by that is if you're mistreated in the workplace, if you're bullied, if you're harassed and nothing gets done to to fix that, your employer allows that to happen. Mm -hmm. If you leave as a result of that, in the eyes of the law, that's a termination. It's a constructive dismissal. You're owed severance in that situation because you didn't decide to leave just because you felt like it. You decided to leave because you were being mistreated and no one should be mistreated. So in her situation, the question will become, well, how does she prove what's going on in the workplace? Does she have the the proof, the evidence, if you will, that someone was bullying her or mistreating her? If she does, easy to do. We can absolutely not have her go back. We can get her severance and she's done. No problem. If she doesn't, one of the uh, things she could do, and this is probably my, my best advice, is go back to work. But... Let's keep it on a very short leash. And what I mean by that is, let's start documenting things. If you are right, if Dana is right and she's going to be mistreated, well, let's start documenting this. Let's keep notes of that when that happens. Let's send an email to someone when it happens confirming what happened. Let's have that evidence. And once we have it, Dana can leave, we can get her severance, and she can move on. In fact, depending on what she's going through, she could also be entitled to human rights damages in that situation. So it's the key. The key here is having that evidence. Always remember that the person that's harassing you, even though they may have done it clear as day, they're not gonna admit it. They'll never say, of course I harassed this person or I mistreated them or I bullied them. Never gonna happen, right? So you, you wanna avoid a he said, she said c- uh, scenario if you can. The best way to avoid that, have the evidence, not hard. So they know. let's go back to work if you can. Let's give it a couple of weeks. If they treat you well, no problem. You continue working, everything's great. If you're right and they mistreat you, well, put that evidence together. Then you can leave and you can get severance.
0: Does it matter? I mean, she didn't outline who's doing the uh, who's treating her poorly. It could be a supervisor. It could just be a colleague on the same level. In that case, I mean, does she does she confront or send an email to that colleague, or always just go to your boss, HR, supervisor?
1: My view on this is, is as follows: If there is someone you can go to in the workplace, do it. Try that as a first option. Because your employer has the obligation, the legal obligation, to deal with that harassment, to fix it, to investigate and take measures to make it go away. So give them that opportunity. Uh, And if they don't, then there's legal consequences. Now, in some cases, and you've alluded to that, there may not be anyone you can speak to there. Maybe it's a really small organization, or maybe the person that's mistreating you is the owner, the boss. Then what are you going to do in that situation? Then we get the evidence and we can get you out of there. But if there is an HR person, an owner, a a manager, someone that they'll be appropriate for you to speak to about that harassment, do it, make sure you follow up in writing so that there's a record that you've done that. And if the company doesn't do everything it can to fix that issue, you call me because there are going to be consequences.
0: And to reach out, yeah, one 821 5900 But a reminder here now, we're live at uh, 124 on your Sunday afternoon, 416-872-1010. It's number you want to call to get on the station and uh, and talk to us. Steve is next down our long list of emails. Here, pal says, I've been working for my employer for the last five years. They just told me that my job will end in six months. But in the meantime, my hours will be reduced from 40 to 30 a week. Can they do that?
1: So you can have situations where your employer gives you advance notice of the termination of your employment. In this case, six months. uh, Sometimes you may get one month, two months, whatever it is. Now, what's key to remember is that usually that notice that you get, that, that advance notice, counts towards your severance. So hypothetically speaking, if you're owed six months severance, but they gave you six months advance notice that you're losing your job, You're not owed any more severance in that situation. But here's the key, and here's where Steve's uh, situation is different than that. During that notice period, in this case, they give him six months notice, they have to keep things the same. Why? Because we have this rule that says that an employer cannot make significant changes to the terms of your employment. We know what we call that. We call that constructive dismissal. So yes, you can absolutely be constructively dismissed during that notice period, absolutely. So in Steve's situation, if in fact they've changed his hours, I guess from 40 to 30, that's a big change, assuming they've cut his pay uh, accordingly, he doesn't have to stay there. He can say, no, by changing my pay, by reducing my pay in this way, you've terminated my employment, I don't have to stay for the full six months, I can leave now, today, and you still have to pay me my full severance. So very important. Even if you've received notice of termination, your employer can't just change your job, your compensation, demote you, your hours. They can't do that. And if they do that, that's a constructive dismissal. So yeah, I can absolutely help him get severance so he doesn't have to stay there.
0: You know, we always talk in the show, Lior, about changes to your, to your job, which form a constructive dismissal, you know, change of location, as you said, change of hours, pay, compensation. Do employers, they got a little bit of leeway sometimes is how much they can change or is it dead? No, can't touch anything.
1: So, you know, you've heard me use the term significant changes to the terms of employment. That does mean that your employer has some leeway to make some changes. So, you know, every situation is different. So I, I can't tell you they could do this, but not that necessarily. But I'll give you an example, right? If your employer says, we're going to reduce your hours from uh, 40 to 39. Yeah. I mean, that may not make you happy because you're losing an hour of work. I get that completely. But it's the type of change that they can do. It's minor enough that they can get away with it. But if it is in Steve's situation, they say we're going to change it from 40 to 30. No, 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 no way they can reduce 20% uh, of your your pay that way. Not even a chance. So uh, because of that, that's a constructive dismissal so usually when it comes to pay anything 15 percent or over we're in constructive dismissal territory when it's a when it's a change that really changes your hours and how you plan your day that's a constructive dismissal if it's a change that's embarrassing like a demotion like taking away managerial responsibilities that's a constructive dismissal so if you're not sure if something your employer did is a constructive dismissal or is it on the line can they do it can they not just give me a call. Once you tell me your situation, I can easily tell you, yes, it's constructive dismissal or no, it's not.
0: Yeah. The managerial one's interesting. So let's say that's a scenario where they've, they've taken away that title, but it's like, Hey, we're either going to give you a bump or we're not touching your compensation. You're still making the same money. You just have a different business card. How about that?
1: So if it's just the title that they've done, then yeah, they could probably get away with it. But if they say, well, you're no longer a manager. We stripped away your managerial responsibilities. We're going to keep your pay the same, but you're no longer a manager. Well, wait a second. That is still a significant change. You still have to go into work and people know, hey, this guy used to be a manager before. He used to be in charge. He had people under him. Now that's gone. They took that away. They stripped those responsibilities. That's a big deal to go from being a manager to being a non-manager. So yes, even in a situation where that happens, but the pay stays the same, I would absolutely say that's a constructive dismissal. When it impacts your your stature within the workplace, when it makes it harder to go to work, it's embarrassing. And by the way, it could also hurt your career prospects, right? right? Because now you're going to have to put on the resume that you weren't a manager. Are you going to be able to explain that or find a managerial position in the future? So if you're actually demoted, but even if the pay is the same, yeah, you're looking at a constructive dismissal, John.
0: And with that, we'll get into a break into uh to your emails. And again, we always invite you on air to give us a call here on the Employment Law Show. How do you do it? 416-872-1010. 416-872-1010. And answers at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue Employment Law Show, the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Welcome back to it. It's Sunday afternoon, 1.35. We've got lots of time still. we got lots of open phone lines for you to, to join the show. 416 872 Ten ten. If you want us to throw along a text, you can go to seven ten ten. As well, Jeff did exactly that. Said, "Hey guys, workplace has provided an unsafe environment. Tenants have been harassing staff, and HR is not doing anything. What can I do?"
1: Well, obviously, keeping a workplace safe is probably the the single most important obligation that an employer has to its employees. So, uh, I get very concerned when someone says that the employer is allowing the workplace to be unsafe. So. If you've tried to deal with this uh, employer and they haven't done anything, there's a couple of options. One option is uh, you've tried, didn't work. Let me try. Let me get involved and see how different they respond to me. Uh, they're not going to ignore me. And if I tell them, you got to do something about these things or else you got to ensure that people are not being uh, subject to an unsafe environment, they will deal with that. You also have the opportunity to file a complaint out of the, under the Occupational Health and Safety Act uh, with the Ministry of Labor. Why? Because under that legislation, an employer has to keep you safe. And if they don't, the Ministry of Labor can come in You can even refuse to work. A work refusal is a situation where uh, because the work is unsafe, you refuse to work until the company deals with that. And if they don't, an inspector from the Ministry of Labor can come in this could also be a constructive dismissal. Again, if you're being mistreated and and harassed or in, in an unsafe environment, and your employer's not doing anything, that's a constructive dismissal. So there's a whole menu of rights and options that you have here. So Jeff, I gave you kind of the uh, the high level uh, aspect of what you're owed here. Why don't you give me a call or email me off air so we can talk about which of those options applies to you best and your co- coworkers. One thing that you should not do is ignore this. Just continue working and hope for the best. That's not right. That's not safe. Uh, so you have all kinds of rights here.
0: Uh, thanks, sir, Jeff. Here's how you reach out. You got the text number, but here's the phone number to reach out to Lior and the team, one 855 821 5900 again, 1 821 5900. Let's go back to, I think we're at Elizabeth here. It says, uh, I've had two surgeries over the past 10 months and had to miss work for a few weeks each time. When I came back, my employer told me that I've exhausted all my leave days and I can't take any more time off. What happens if I need to miss more work for these medical reasons, Leo?
1: So, so you understand that what her employer's not, what the employer is really saying is, you're not allowed to be sick anymore. Okay, so uh, let's sign a document saying you're not gonna be sick anymore, you agree to be healthy, and if you're sick again, you're gonna be in breach of your workplace rights because how dare you be sick? But do you understand the absurdity of that, right? You, you can't do that, and the, the effect of that is that an employee can be off work as long as that employee needs to, if there's legitimate medical reason, and as long as there's a, a note from a doctor. So no, there is no maximum amount of leave that uh, you're allowed to take or that your employer can give you, you can be off as long as you need to be off, full stop. Maybe that's a week, maybe that's a month, maybe that's a year, or maybe it's longer. But ultimately, if you have a doctor's note, that's all you need and your employer doesn't get to decide that. That's absolutely silly. Now, in Elizabeth's situation, If she does uh, have to take a medical leave with doctor support and her employer won't let her or say, no, uh, you've you've quit or we're going to fire you because of that, not only would that be a wrongful dismissal, that could also be a human rights violation. That could be a breach of the Employment Standards Act. You name it, it's illegal. So, no, there's no such thing as maximum leave. If you have a doctor's note, take that doctor's note to your employer. If they do anything other than say, get better, let me know
0: again guys phone lines are open here live uh, today at the station at uh, 139 so you got lots of time before we uh, finish off the hour for sure four one six eight seven two ten ten I think I skipped over Ron I want to go back and get uh, Ron's email it says leo I just came back from a disability leave I got into a small accident at work my company now says it doesn't believe that I'm healthy enough to work even though I am anything I can do so yeah I mean
1: I I don't get upset with an employer in this situation. They want to be prudent. They want to understand that, that Ron can do the job. They don't want Ron to be hurt again. And I I think that's, that's fine. That's actually admirable. But ultimately, it's not up to the company to decide. And it's certainly not up to Ron. It's up to Ron's doctor. So really, all Ron has to do now is to give a note from a doctor saying, Ron is able to do the job. Now, That doctor's note doesn't need to be any more detailed than that. It doesn't need to say, uh, well, Ron received this treatment and that's why he can do the job or Ron is taking this medication. No. If the doctor believes and knows that Ron can do the job, all he has to say is Ron has been cleared to do his job, full stop, that's it. And once they have that doctor's note, if the employer says, no, no, we don't want to follow it, we don't think it's right, we don't believe it. Well, if that's wrong, that's potentially illegal. They can't decide that they don't believe the doctor. They can't decide to make Ron get a second opinion. They can't do any of that. They have to follow what the doctor says. By the same token, if uh, Ron's doctor feels that, yeah, he can go back to work, but he needs some accommodation. He needs some help. Maybe modified hours or modified duties. What's that? The doctor puts that in writing, and then the employer has to make all efforts to, uh, to make that happen so remember that doctor that's your ace in the hole that doctor has the power to give you the ability to come back to work not just to give you the ability to go off work and the employer has to follow what the doctor says
0: moving on to uh brady brady's up next this guy's just curious if it's correct that i'm an independent contractor oh here we go it says i'm a truck driver and work for one logistics company and they own the truck
1: well, I know that there's uh, this issue comes up often with truckers. I bet you anything, John. We have a few truck drivers on the road right now listening mm-hmm. to us uh, on the radio uh, who are exactly in this situation. So I'll tell you this, with truckers, in virtually every situation, a trucker would be considered by law to be an employee of the company that they work for. I know it's extremely common for truckers to be classified as contractors, except That's a misclassification. They've been misclassified. If you have, if you work really with one company, they tell you where to go. They tell you what to do. You are an employee of that company. It doesn't really matter if you own the truck or not. Even if you do own the truck you can still and likely are still an employee of that company. If you don't own the truck, it's not even debatable. But even if you own the truck, so I see that very often because an independent contractor would be someone that works with multiple companies and they decide what to do and when to do it. Uh, They they hire themselves out essentially, Mm -hmm. as opposed to working for someone that decides when they work and how much they work. So yes, if you're a trucker right now, you're listening to us, you are likely an employee and why is that important well it's important for a few reasons one of the reasons is if you're let go you're owed severance because employees get severance and if you've been misclassified as a contractor this whole time but really you are an employee if that employment relationship comes to an end you are owed your full severance and that could easily be up to two years of severance two years that's a a long time and a lot of severance uh, but you may be owed also vacation pay and overtime pay again because you've been misclassified. So it's very likely in that scenario, John, that person is an employee and has all the rights of
0: an employee. It's interesting though because uh, you know guys like Brady sometimes hear this and they go, "Yeah, I know, but I got a yeah, I got a good relationship with the boss. We both agreed. We wrote it down on a piece of paper. That's what that's what our mutual contract says. Why do I want to rock the boat?
1: Well, I can't answer that, and it's up to him to decide if he wants to rock the boat. One one of the things to consider is if at some point you get audited and CRA looks at this, they'll find you're an employee and there's going to be all kinds of fines and penalties and back Mm -hmm. taxes, et cetera. And you have to decide whether you're comfortable taking that risk, whether you're comfortable putting yourself in that situation. But also, as I said, severance, right? If you're let go for whatever reason, and it could be the choice between getting nothing and getting 20 months of severance, well... You know, I think most people are going to prefer that that 20 months because they're legally owed that. So yeah, if you want to take the risk and you want to walk away from entitlements, sure, that's your right, but at least understand that you have options if you've been misclassified. And by the way, John, that doesn't just apply to truckers. Most of the time, I see employees that maybe you're doing whatever job, accounting, doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. that have been misclassified. They really are employees. So chances are, if you're not sure what you are, you're probably an employee.
0: If not, reach out to Lior. He will tell you 1-855-821-5900 or again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a great resource to answer that question as well. Still got some minutes here. So bring it on. It is 416-872-1010 and answers at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue Employment Law Show here in the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Already, Welcome back. 150. You got some minutes still. The phone lines open, of course, 416-872-1010 live here. On Sunday afternoons, doing this show and informing you, educating you on your employment rights, you simply got to make that phone call. Reach out to Leor afterwards as well. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. And that number, one 821 and the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Crystal, great email here, Lior. I know you can relate to this one personally. Says, I am a private school teacher and uh, my contract gets renewed at the end of the school year school just changed ownership and i don't think they will renew my contract again if that happens can i get severance
1: yeah i've uh, spoken and even represented many uh, private school teachers over the years and it's a very common scenario where as a private school teacher oftentimes what would happen is they'll have you sign a new contract for the school year and every year you sign a new contract and And you keep going that way uh, for many years often. So what happens if one year they then say to you, okay, no more contracts, you're done. This year when the contract expires, we're gonna say goodbye and that's that. So here's how that works. What we're looking here is a series of of fixed term contracts. And usually once we have three or more contracts, those contracts become meaningless. You start being, the law considers it to be now an indefinite employee and a regular indefinite hire employee, not an employee on a contract. Well, why is that important? Well, if you're an indefinite employee and you're now let go because the company says, no, no, no more contracts, well, you're owed severance because you're not on a contract. So this happens oftentimes, not just with private school teachers, happens with them all the time, but in any position where you sign, keep signing contract after contract after contract. Yeah. Once you're at that three, four, five, can kind of, you know, more than three, then you're now a regular in the indefinite employee. So definitely Crystal is gonna be owed severance in that situation. Same with you at home. If it's the first contract, okay. If it's the second contract, okay. But once you're at that three mark, no. If that contract ends, the company says no more. This was the last one. Severance still has to be paid. And that severance could be substantial. It's going to be measured in months, not weeks, of course. So you want to keep that in mind.
0: There's, I mean, there's private school teachers out there who've done this for, you know, 15, 20, 30 years. And all of a sudden this scenario might come about and say, oh, we don't need you next year. Thanks. It's been great. You've been a great employee. Off you go. That's 24 months, possibly, if they've been there that long, right?
1: I had this exact scenario earlier this year with a very nice, sweetest lady uh, that you'll ever meet who had been there for over 18 years and said no more, contracts were done. Yeah, she was on yeah. a significant amount of severance. I think we resolved this on the basis of 21 or 22 months of severance. Happens all the time. So, hey, at least now, you know.
0: You got it. 416-872-1010 is, uh, is how we roll. Get to uh, Joseph. Hey, Joseph, thanks for hanging on for a moment. How are you today?
2: Hey, man. Another day in paradise, boys. What about you guys?
0: That's it, son. What, uh, what do you got? Uh, what's your question, well, pal?
2: Hey, first of all, it's just the soccer game. Let's put all sides in, uh, you know, this in soccer. Like, I don't, hey I don't think there should be,
0: right? Team, team Canada did okay, but unless it has a puck and a stick, we're probably not going to end up on top. So I think we yeah, did okay. Got to congratulate all the boys. In <laughs>
2: soccer, like, you know, it's like, you know, I don't know. I'm not a soccer They should all guy, get like, severance. Yeah, They, they should exactly.
0: all get severed, buddy. That's What's it. your question, Joe?
2: Um, here we go. Um, the company I'm working with, they said they're being sold. Um, mm. The company that's supposed to be buying us, uh, we did an interview with them, and that was it. So what are my rights? I've been there
1: about five years. So if you're going to get a job and continue working with the buyer then at this point, you don't have any severance rights or other rights because your employment is going to be continued and the new company inherits your service. Now, what you want to be very careful in that scenario is you don't want to sign an employment agreement with the buyer that gives away your past service. You want to be very careful with that. So that's what happens if you continue working. Now, if as a result of this sale, you don't have a job, you lose your job, or maybe you're offered a job that it makes no sense to take, less pay, less yeah, hours. Yeah, that's what they offer Then, nice yeah, then you're job. owed severance. And after five years, you could be looking at six to eight months of or maybe even more of severance. So that's what you're owed if the job being offered is not a good job to accept.
2: Okay, uh, severance. We only got less than 10 employees.
1: Doesn't matter. Irrelevant. Even if it's one employee, your severance is based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So if you've been there for five years, and my notes here say you're 47 years old, you're going to be looking at a minimum of six months severance and potentially eight or nine months. All
2: right, guys. We'll leave that in uh, in the ballpark. And uh, thanks for taking my call, and have a great day, man. Hasta la vista.
0: Thanks, Joey. Appreciate it, pal. You need to uh, reach out any further. Uh, you can always do that. 1-855-821-5900 is the uh, the way to do exactly that. Reach out and uh, get some more information. Would uh, would be a wise move if that ever comes about. Shanique, welcome to the show. How are you?
3: I'm good. How are you?
0: All right. What's going on with you?
3: Okay, so I'm a DoorDasher. I've been doing DoorDash for almost three years, and oh. sometimes. Um, I do this as a side hustle because my nine-to-five job right now is kind of slow on hours, Um, but I'm kind of concerned on being deactivated because there's times where, which actually happened two days ago, where I deliver the food, you take a proof of the order, and you just go about your way, but the customer lied saying they never got their order, and it actually has happened to me twice. And I've had I've know people who actually got deactivated from Doordash. Oh, um, they try to file different disputes, and Doordash doesn't care. And like, it kind of concerns me because like I rely on this income to help my family. So like, if this were to happen to me, because just like two days ago, a customer lied, so it would get a contract violation. So if this were to happen to me, I were to get deactivated, is there anything that I could like do, or because we are independent contractors, so
1: well maybe you are maybe you're not and that's the real key here because the law may consider you to be employees and this exact issue is now before the courts as to whether you and and, and others you know working for uber and etc whether you guys are really employees or contractors because if you're employees you are going to be owed severance if you get deactivated whereas if you're in fact a contractor you don't really have much rights and they can essentially do whatever you want so could you take a, a legal action against uh, doordash If in fact uh, you get deactivated, yes, it would be on the basis that you were an employee and they've terminated June, they owe you severance. Or you can wait for the other legal actions to get resolved and see what the result is and follow on that. The problem here is that as a contractor, if you truly are, you don't have rights they can do whatever they want that's why there's all these fights going on to make sure that you know anyone kind of in the, in that that share gig economy uh, is going to be properly looked at as an employee
0: okay I know well, I know. basically, Oh, sorry, Shanika, we let you go there. Sorry. Basically, I think she wants to do is keep an eye on this and for uh, more information because she's not the only one that's it because it's a gig economy. Definitely, uh, definitely reach out to you. want to try to get Lori here in the last uh, minute of the show. Lori, we've got about a minute to go. What's your question?
3: Being the alpha, sales rep at this place for 22 and a half years, just recently found out that all the male counterparts sales mm. are making more than me. One's been there a year. One's been there two years, and one's got eight months more seniority than me. Gotcha. Um, what can I What can I do about that?
1: So okay. if this is a a gender thing and you know they're treating male and female employees differently, that's age. Di- so, so that's a gender discrimination. That's illegal. I would speak to them. If they still say we don't care, we're going to do that. You have potentially rights uh, under the employment standards. You have rights under the human rights code. So happy to help you with that. But gender discrimination, completely illegal, can also be a constructive dismissal. By the way,
0: Laurie, thank you so much for wrapping the show that way. Now we are done till next week. But reach out one eight five five. 821 to get a hold of your answers at employmentlawyer.ca and then pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website as well. And we'll be back in here, well, somewhat Wednesday nights at 930 on CP24 for Ask a Lawyer. Catch that show as well. Catch you next time on the Employment Law Show.